Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Linus Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Over the next 15 or so minutes, we're going to be chatting it up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent, my name is Tim Allenball, and after their first loss of the season, FSU will travel to North Carolina and face another team that just suffered their first loss of the season, the NC State Wolfpack. To help our listeners get to know NC State better, we have Rob McGlam from our from All Wolfpack on the Fan Nation Sports Illustrated site. Rob, how are you doing, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for jumping on here. I know it was kind of a last minute thing and uh, and you're not a night owl, so I appreciate you jumping on this evening. It's all right. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about NC State, I think it all starts with Devin Leary. He's the clear leader of the Wolfpack. Uh, the Redshirt Junior would have probably been drafted last year. I, I think he would have had a really good chance and um, but he chose to come back to lead NC State to what's already well on its way to another solid season. Uh, through the first five games, how is 2022 Leary performing compared to 2021 Leary? Well, statistically, it's probably slightly down in terms of yardage and, and, and such. Uh, he does not have that deep threat uh, that he's he's had uh, such as last season, such as Emeka Amizi, and I'm sure you'll want to talk about that later, but uh, he, you know, this has been more of a dink and dunk type of offense. Uh, the, the opposition is not allowing the the deep ball, and NC State doesn't have someone who can press against that. I know if you if you go back to like years ago when Florida State was dominating the ACC, uh, the opposition would pick a style of offense that's okay. We don't want it, the Seminoles to do this, but the Seminoles would be so good they would do it anyway. NC State doesn't really have that skill level in terms of team speed. Uh, when teams decide they're going to let them 
stay in front. The Wolfpack generally has to stay in front, and their drives tend to be a little longer. So, so Larry is not getting the yardage in terms of what he had last season. He's making uh, good decisions. In, Interception-wise, he's not throwing a lot. And that's kind of what he's known for. Uh, the Wolfpack actually want him going forward, starting with FSU, to, to press it a little more, maybe throw that 50-50 ball, give it a shot because they believe in him and they believe in what he can do. But he's actually played a safe and productive season. And, yeah, they did lose to Clemson, but I, I think most teams in the country would lose to Clemson. They're very good. So uh, he's having a great year. And uh, I think this is, is really a barometer game coming up with the Seminoles. Yeah, you know, you said a lot of things before I jump to our next question that kind of kind of give me pause where uh, he's playing kind of that safe, conservative quarterbacking approach. And it really makes me think of kind of Sam Hartman with Wake Forest last week and what they kind of did the Florida State kind of dinking the dunking down the field. So uh, I, for one, kind of hope he does do a little more 50-50 because I think Florida State may have a better opportunity there. But we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, NC State suffered a huge offensive line blow last year with the departure of uh Ekwanu. yeah i wasn't going to try to say his first name i'll just go with Ekwanu. <laughs> yeah call icky. him icky we call him icky and and that that gets us through exactly but um this is still a very experienced line um how do you think the 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 big guys have handled the season so far are they a better pass blocking unit or a run blocking unit i know last year the running game wasn't the strongest part of nc state's offense how is that looking this year it's looking all right. Clemson beat them. I mean, Clemson, there were times where the Tigers would go seven back and go four rush, and they would beat five NC State offensive linemen. I mean, again, Clemson's a very good team. Clemson, Clemson has talent that's going to probably compete for a national title, and that really shows that NC State, that wall that they have to break through to get to that top tier, it's it's they still haven't quite done that yet. They have a, a, a good, solid offensive line. Uh, they, they're in terms of the running game. I think if the running backs had came back, particularly if, if Bam Knight had come back, he he left with a year of eligibility left. Ricky Person had played four years, but he in theory could have come back because of COVID. Uh, but he was probably ready to go. Uh, had Bam Knight came back, I think they would have had a better running game this year uh, than what they've had. Uh, they've gotten some good production from uh, Demi Sumo, but it, it, but I think the offensive line overall has done all right. Again, when they're competing against top-tier opponents, their one game they've had against the top-tier opponent, Clemson, uh, they had struggles. Now, Florida State is not Clemson, but Florida State has the wherewithal to be a Clemson. They are recruiting in that same pool. They get the four- and five-star guys, and eventually I know they've struggled down there, but it's just too much invested in what the Seminoles are doing for, for them to go three and nine or four and eight or five and seven every year. Eventually they're going to come back. And you see, you see it starting now this season. So I think they're, the defensive line for the Seminoles will probably give NC State some problems, uh, although they have done all right this season. Um, you know, Florida State's most likely still without Fabian Lovett. Do you feel like from a, a I guess, an offensive, I guess, style, uh, that's not really a word I want to go for, but offensively, do you think um, – with with Florida State being down Lovett and potentially Verse being on limited snaps, do you think that helps out their running game or passing game more? Well, it'd be hard to say. I don't know. It, you know how are they going to tactically approach it? NC State is an odd front team. Now they do obviously send linebackers and and nickel and safety up gaps 
And so generally there are four or five blitzing. You just that what the odd front does is disguise where the blitz is coming from. But odd front teams are generally the ones you prefer for a running game. And if the Seminoles can block up front, if they can deal with the front three and, and they can pick up where the uh, remainder or in, in terms of it, uh, the insertion where that's coming from defensively from the backs, uh, back eight, uh, then they should have uh, some ability to run the ball, I would think, regardless of, 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 of what injury issues they have. Now, the other issue with Florida State or other issue with any team is game, you know, game situation. If you're chasing points, you're not going to run the ball. Generally, you're going to fling it around. You're going to try to catch up quicker. And so getting off to a good start for Florida State is something that would, that would really behoove them. It would help their running game. NC State has been a team, though, that even though they've gotten off to good starts this year, they've scored 120 points in the first half. In the second half of games, five games, they've only scored 44 points. So they're an offense that's starting that, that starts well, but they tend to fade after intermission. So if you're in, if you're leading, if you're close, if you're tied, if you're in the ballpark, you can run on the Wolfpack in the second half. That's what East Carolina did to great effect. And let's be honest, the Pirates lined up to kick a game-winning field goal. They probably should have won that game. So there's opportunities for Florida State to run the ball. And if they stay within a stone's throw, to not panic and stick with the run game and wear the defense down. Um, Let's flip back to NC State's offense for just a second. You kind of just touched on where I wanted to go with NC State. Um, Against Clemson, they started to fall behind and, and and NC State kind of really turned to just throwing the ball, especially a ton in the second half. You mentioned uh, the struggles at, at wide receiver, uh, and you've already kind of touched on running back. What can Florida State fans expect from from the wide receivers uh, for NC State? Well, you know, their, their, their yardage per catch, yardage per attempt is, is probably – I don't have the stats in front of me, but they're probably down this season. Mm-hmm. Um, their leading receiver is a slot guy. It's, uh, um, you know, it's Thomas uh, – Thayer Thomas, the – you know, he's the guy who has the most catches, the most yards, and the most touchdowns. So your inside guy is getting uh, most of the work. That's where a lot of work is. It's not that they're avoiding the pass out wide. It's just that they don't have the speed generally to get behind the cornerback or behind the safety and have that long 50, 60, 70-yard pass, uh, especially against good teams, against P5-type teams. So at least at, up to this point, now Florida State will present an opportunity for NC State to try that, and if they can do that going forward, they can have a special type of season. But if they're going to stay in front, if I'm the Seminoles, you know, I, I try to keep them in front of me. I try to keep them, you know, okay, you're going to you're gonna dink and dunk, we'll bend at times, but we don't break. That's the approach I would take, and I would make NC State methodically go have to go up the field. They have guys at wide receiver um, – that are talented. They have tight end. Uh, Sebro, Tootle, he's out injured, but Sebro, he caught a touchdown pass down in Clemson. Devin Carter's a big guy. Anthony Smith. Uh, Porter Rooks is a slot I like a lot. He's he's a guy inside. He's got a lot of speed, but he's he's an inside uh, receiver. He's not uh, uh, he's not an X or a Z. So they have guys that can do things. They're they're it's an it can be an exciting offense to watch, but they really could use that Amizi type. They really could your Kelvin Harmon type, the guy that could just you know he's going to run a fade route. The defense knows he's going to run a fade route. Everybody in the stands knows he's going to run a fade route, and he still runs the fade route and catches the ball. They don't have that type of guy this season, and that's really uh, one thing they're missing. And I still have nightmares about Thayer Thomas catching seven-yard outs against Florida State all the way down the field because 
we started, we decided for whatever reason to do a 10 yard cushion, but uh, <laughs> I, I hope to not see too much of that on Saturday. Um, you know, if, if I, again, if I talk about NC state, Devin Leary gets most of the attention, but personally, I think the stars of this team reside on the defensive side of the ball. I've been a Peyton Wilson fan uh, since seeing his highlights in high school. He's the guy I loved at Florida. I would have loved for Florida state to, to have got, uh, you pair him with Drake Thomas, and I think you've got two of the best linebackers in the ACC. Uh, does the Wolfpack defense success start and end with the linebackers, in your opinion? I think so, especially with it being, as I said, an odd front team. The linebackers now, they have to they have to really plug the gaps. They're assigned, they're, they'll be assigned different gaps. They'll have different responsibilities. Uh, it's not a conventional 4-2 or 4-3 where you kind of know where they're going to be at every play. Uh, these guys have to have intelligence. They have to have lateral speed. They have to have forward and back uh, uh, mobility. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson. I- Isaiah Moore is also really, really good. He's a leader. And he was given the number one jersey, uh, which is an honor at NC State. They-, they don't give the number one. They don't let someone just take the number one jersey. They assign that to a leader on the team. Uh, I think the linebacking group at NC State is extremely talented. I think they can hang with most in the country. And again, at that style, with what they're doing defensively, they have to have strength and intelligence and speed at that position. I believe they do. Um, looking at the rest of the defense, I know that NC State has a pair of former Seminoles with uh, Corey Durden there uh, as on the defensive line and Cyrus Fagan uh, in the defensive backfield. I think Fagan is banged up and in the secondary as a whole, are, are they they're they're going through some injury issues there in the secondary with NC State, correct? Yeah, they've had some. Yeah, Fagan's been banged up. And, uh, you know, Tanner Ingle's a guy that he's always one play away from getting hurt. Uh, he's a very physical free safety. Uh, but, yeah, they, they're still playing pretty well back there. They have uh, Aiden White was, uh, I think, national defensive back of the uh, of the week for his game against Texas Tech. He had two interceptions. He, he, he took one to the barn. Uh, I want to say like 84 yard uh, interception return. So they've had some injuries back there, but they're, they're really, there's their back four is about as good as it's been in several years. Um, And and then along the defensive front with, with, with uh, Durden, is there any other names that fans should be looking out for on Friday or Saturday night? Well, Devin Van, he's from Cary, North Carolina, actually coached against him in high school. He's a pretty good number 45. He's a guy that gets, uh, he'll start, and he'll get a lot of – C.J. Clark's behind him. He gets a lot of burn at well at the left end. The left ends are really good. Uh, Savion Jackson's a guy. He he was from nearby in Clayton, North Carolina. Um, that, that's another one I saw in high school. Uh, their ends, I think, are very talented. Um, you know, the nose guard – the nose at NC State, again, odd front team. The nose has a lot of – Durden has a lot of responsibility. But it, if, you, if you have an effective nose guard like him and his backup is Josh Harris – Roxboro, North Carolina, another guy I coached against in high school, which is <laughs> why I'm not a high school football coach anymore. These guys are really good. But they they if you have a guy that knows who can handle that, uh, before that it was a lean McNeil. The edge guys really get a lot of freedom. And I think on NC State they do um, uh, with Jackson and, and Van. So I would have a look, I would look out for number nine at the right end, Savian Jackson, and number 45, Davin Van. Uh, at the left end, those guys uh, probably at some point uh, will make some plays. We'll definitely see how that plays out against Florida State and their uh, there's the struggles on offensive line with injuries. Uh, Wake Forest really had some success against uh, 
against Washington at the left tackle spot. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, I do miss Durden down in Tallahassee. That guy, for his size, he gets skinny and can just break through the line so quick. Uh, I, I really miss that about him. Um, one last question before we have a little fun here at the end. It's, it's a night game at Carter-Finley. That's a daunting task for any team. Throwing an FSU team that's probably not at full strength. And um, I think it's going to be tough for Florida State. I think they match up well with NC State. But I think, again, a night game at Carter-Finley, that's, that's just a really hard ask. But what's your confidence level for NC State going into Saturday night? I think it's to me it's a it's a flip them type of game. I think NC State, um, you know, it, on, it on a given day, Florida State could go in there and win this game. I don't think that would be something outrageous that would send the world off its axis or anything. I think Florida State has talent; they're very good. Uh, uh, NC State uh, will have to execute. I could see this being a game where. You know, Florida State gets its points. They get in the 20s. They get, you know, but NC State, maybe if they win, they get in the 30s. They've got to do a better job in the second half of scoring. The night games at, at Carter-Finley Stadium are magic. Uh, they're just they're just magic. You know, even the late afternoon games where it turns night by the, by the time second half rolls around, uh, those games are just magic. And I know um, the, the ones that probably will stand out for bad reasons with FSU fans will be 2010 and 2012. Uh, the two NC State wins. Uh, they, Ten was Christian Ponder fun, fumbling the ball, and and um, 2012 was uh, Mike Glennon throwing the touchdown pass. I believe it was fourth down touchdown pass with about ten seconds left. Uh, those were both night games, and it just it gets crazy at that place. And the students are are tighter, and they're it's it's more confined. They don't have the capacity that Doak has or that Death Valley has for the Clemson Tigers, but. They're packed on there, and and for big games, they fill the stadium up, and it's it's a wonderful atmosphere. Um, I, I would urge anyone, in Florida State fans, I would urge them, if they've never been to Carter-Finley Stadium, to come to Carter-Finley Stadium, especially when their team is playing in the evening uh, against the Wolfpack because it's a great atmosphere. Um, I think NC State, you know, they'll probably be favored, but I just, to me, this is a pick em type of game, and this is a game that's going to separate, okay, you know, I don't think either one of these teams are going to win the division, but right. is there going to be a team that goes second or third in the division and gets a has a ten and two type of season, eleven and one type of season? Uh, this is a separator. You know, the games against Wake Forest will be separators, and and looking like now with the talent they have and where they're doing, Syracuse is probably going to be a separator. So uh, they, Atlantic is a meat grinder, and there could be some sort of cross carnage, if you will, with teams beating up on other teams underneath Clemson. If and that's assuming Clemson doesn't lose games, so uh, it's an important game. It's an important game, and and neither team really controls its destiny right now per se. But it's a big one if if you want to get to the back end of that schedule and be in the mix. Uh, uh, for having a elite, an elite type of season, and Florida State hasn't had that type of season in a while. You know, I know they're got they're, there'll be fans that you know that remember ten and two is sort of an albatross, is sort of you know not really good. But but to get there now, where, where Florida State's been, I think would be an elite type of season, and I think it would be uh, a, a way to point out, hey, oh, we're we're coming back. You can you can bank on us, especially when they hit the recruiting trail. So if you're NC State, that's something you want to avoid because Florida State has the wherewithal uh, to do things that NC State financially they can't do. Florida State is is a bigger football school than NC State, and when you have this chance, you have to jump on them. And this is a big opportunity for NC State. And we we can't all be coastal schools and coast through our uh, our state. No, 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 no. But that that's changing, I guess, next year. I think next year is the yeah, year that it all it changes. Uh, but I, I have a feeling Clemson will still be the one up top. And 
NC State actually was assigned rivals with Clemson at, at the, in the new one, so they're not ducking the Tigers anyway. So, you know, yeah. life is not always fair. <laughs> Same with Florida State. Um, all right, before we get out of here, Rob, let's have a little fun. I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I like to end it with kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type question, so I'll give you three subjects. You tell me where you want the question from, and we'll mm-hmm. go from there. So uh, would you like a question on professional wrestling, a question on TV streaming, or a question on wolf packs. Wow. So professional wrestling, I kind of quit on in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, TV streaming. I'm a novice. I do have some subscriptions. I guess I'll go wolf packs. I guess All right. I'll go there. So, uh, out of these three wolf packs, which one is your favorite? Okay. Uh, is it the NWO wolf pack started by, uh, I think Kevin Nash and, uh, and, uh, Scott Hall and all them. Is it the uh, Hangover Wolf Pack uh, with Zach Galifianakis and, and Bradley Cooper and all those? Mm-hmm. Or are you a Team Jacob Twilight Wolf Pack? Okay, I can tell you right now, the, the I haven't really seen any of them. The middle, <laughs> but the middle one with Zach, he went to NC State. Okay. So his little face, hit his little face, his big face is plastered over on the – it was plastered at the school store at NC State Tally, uh, back when it was in Tally. And uh, I'll go with that one. The other two, Twilight, I can tell you right now, that is, I am so beyond Twilight. I am so much older than, than that. That Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, that is uh, you know, I actually worked in high school, so I probably could have gotten some through osmosis from the kids. But I, I think I uh, chose not to, uh, chose to avoid that. So I don't know a lot about that stuff. <laughs> I didn't either. I just needed a third wolf pack to put oh, in. Oh, you needed a third one? Yeah. yeah. God bless you and your Google skills, my friend. Because I uh, – yeah, I had yeah, Twilight. That you know, I've talked to my nieces on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob, before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can catch your work and where to find you. So as as you mentioned, I'm on uh, the All Wolf Pack on Fan Nation, uh, which is run by Sports Illustrated. Um, my Twitter account is, is just my name, Rob McLam. Uh, we post uh, uh, quite often during the day and and we cover NC State. We have a uh, work credential. We will be at the game. I have a uh, beat writer's name's Nick Schnicker. He'll be at the game uh, Saturday evening. And, uh, you know, we look forward to it. I always enjoy the Florida State games. I enjoy them both in Raleigh and down at Doak. Uh, for those who've never been to a game at Doak in the press box, the spread is awesome. It is uh, uh, that's not a place to go to lose weight. And uh, I think NC State and Florida State, you know, I, I think it's a great rivalry. I think it's become a wonderful football game year in, year out. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to Saturday evening. I, I am too, Rob. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Florida State bounces back. I know you're hoping NC State bounces back. I think it'll be a good one. Uh, Rob, thanks so much for jumping on with us. It's my pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, for the Line of Scrimmage podcast for Tomahawk Nation, check us out there with all the latest updates on Saturday's game. Uh, Until next time, we will catch you next week.